Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, there's much to discuss on the charts so today, much. but there is one song in particular that has inveigled its way into our hearts and minds. That song is Selena Gomez, Bad Liar. I love this song. I'm not sure it's inveigled me because I'm not sure I know what that means, but I'm going to trust you. Check it out. You know, Miriam Webster has an app. You can you look up every, it'll pronounce <laughs> it for you. It, you can save all your words. That's how that's, I'm just, that's a free, they're not a sponsor. I'm just offering that up to the world. It's a good way to build, build your vocabulary. <laughs> Part of uh, my interest in this song is that it lies outside of so much of what we've become familiar with. Like the stuff we talk about week in, week out on this show. This song doesn't do a lot of that. And I think that's what makes it mm. stand out in almost an inverse sort of way. If, 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 if maybe a month ago we talked about the sort of maximalist approach of Fallout Boy and Charlie XCX. Yeah. Uh, this song is one that d- grabs our attention not uh, by by its its loudness and richness and and fullness, but rather from co- sort of its subtlety and quietness and conversationality. That that might not be a word actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one point for me. Uh, I, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Uh, it's it's funny. The song is. Uh, on one hand, it's incredibly catchy, but you're right, doesn't seem to uh, do any of the things that we suggest make a great pop song and what we've discussed in Switch on Pop in the past. And that's why I think it's so successful, because in terms of the music that we've just been describing and the message of the song, they work very well in tandem together. Lyrically, the song projects a sort of innocence and immediacy and, and even awkwardness of falling for someone of developing a crush on Mm. someone 
And musically, yeah. it does these subtle things to support that feeling. And as listeners, it puts us in that feeling. So we are experiencing that feeling of, of falling, of, of getting a crush, of not being able to get someone out of your head. Okay, so cool. How does it do this? Let's start with the first verse because so much goes down here. Let's just press play and listen to the first verse of Selena Gomez's Bad Liar. I was walking down the street the other day Trying to distract myself But then I see your face Oh wait, that's someone else Trying to play a coy Trying to make it disappear But just like the Battle of Troy There's nothing subtle here So what stands out here, Charlie? Because again, we said from the beginning The song is a little different What, in terms of uh, the, the lyrics here What stands out for you? Well, the first line is I was walking down the street the other day So it that's kind of like um, Almost like an old blues reference I was walking down the street the other day. I, I, I know what you mean. That seems like kind of one of these almost stock phrases that you can't yeah. trace to any one person or song, but it's just like in the ether, part of the earth almost. But then she totally deflects it in the next lines. <laughs> right. Walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh, wait, that's someone else. I was walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh, wait, that's someone else. And just in that <laughs> quatrain, we have so much going on that is is different from so many pop songs because it's very, it's sort of stream of consciousness. Yeah. It almost sounds, I mean, obviously this is a, a carefully composed and performed song, but our, the feeling that Selena Gomez gives us here is that like, it's just all happening at and, and we're just hearing it straight from her mouth. You know what I like about that? It almost actually has the quality of literally walking down the street. Just things are happening all around you. You can't predict them. And yes, and it has that too because it's awkward and it's, funny yeah which is not something we hear in a lot of pop songs which are supposed to be very self-assured very knowing very in control and often very serious this is kind of uncomfortable and and humorous and i think again in being the inverse of so much of what's out there kind of creates its own niche for itself. Oh, lovely. Okay. I like that. And then we go on through the verse into uh, the next set of lyrics and Selena Gomez sings, trying to play it coy, trying to make it disappear. But just like the battle of Troy, there's nothing subtle here. Trying to play it coy, trying to make it disappear. But just like the battle of Troy, there's nothing subtle here. And how about that Iliad reference? Right, and then we get <laughs> another moment that's like, wait, is this a top 20 pop song or is this like a high school English paper? Because <laughs> why? Like that is not something you'd expect to hear. The line itself is almost like a Trojan horse. <laughs> right, like, right. Oh, wait, what is this doing here? How did it end up? What is it? What is it doing in this song? <laughs> it sneaks up on you. That's right. And then, you know, another thing about these these lyrics, and we're still in the verse here. We haven't even gotten past. Yeah. This song uses vocabulary that is so rare to encounter. Towards the end of the verse, we have the line, uh, call me an amenity, which is an just a, 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 I like that. It's a surprising word to, uh, to, he, to encounter in a pop song. In my room, there's a king-size space bigger than it used to be. If you want, you can rent that place. Call me an amenity. And it's yeah. it's kind of in in the context of in my room, there's a king size space bigger than it used to be. 
if you want, you can rent that place. Call me an amenity. Wow. So that's like another kind of f- funny line. Like, just take this room and I'll be a, a perk. Or sort of like, that's a very convoluted metaphor, but it works for me. She also rhymes used to be with amenity. That's a really uh, creative rhyme scheme. I, yeah. Three syllable words, man. You can use them in a pop song. Speaking of which, we get to the pre-chorus. Ooh, you're taking up a fraction of my mind. Ooh, every time I watch you, Charlie. Serpentine. Oh. Let's just pause for a moment to appreciate the melodious grandeur of the word serpentine. (laughs) Wow. You know, I'm I'm noticing now we we opened up with walking down the street the other day. So first we get like this blues reference, right? And then all of a sudden we're getting these almost mythological references (laughs) of Troy, kings and snakes. Whoa, that's true. Yeah. And again, I think this brings us back to the sort of awkwardness of this song in a way and i say that in a good way not in a bad way because again yeah. that capture yeah. i think that captures the emotional terrain of like of developing a crush of falling for someone it is awkward and it has like this mythological scale sometimes right just like it, it, it takes over your entire being oh absolutely and let me assure you charlie that every crush i developed and then acted on was mythologically awkward <laughs> as in awkward in mythical proportions <laughs> So the music itself reinforces this sort of awkwardness. Really? Okay. Tell me about it. Try and follow me here because I think it's a really subtle thing, but worth highlighting because I think okay. it gives this first verse a lot of its its sort of nervous stream of consciousness energy. Mm, okay. There's a kind of uh, temporal dissonance between what the melody does and what the harmony does. Oh, let's just focus on the harmony for a sec. Yeah. And harmonically, uh, this song is is pretty simple. It's actually just moving between two chords. One lower chord, the first chord we get, which is A flat. And then you can hear when it, it actually moves up. Everything is, is, is the same, as in the bass line is doing the same exact thing, but it just moves up about four notes to D flat. And then it moves back down. And we can hear that change from this this one chord, A flat, up to this four chord, D flat, and back down. The melody, however, doesn't quite move at the same time that the chords do. The vocal melody actually moves a little bit earlier. Like the bass line, the melody is is basically just two different phrases. We have the first phrase that goes da 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 and then we have the second phrase that goes da 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 and the first phrase is tied to that A flat major chord. Da 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 da. That's part of that A flat tonality. Yeah. And then the second phrase, da 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 da, especially because that second note, da 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 da, is D flat. That's the root note of the chord. Yeah. That's tied to that 
that D flat chord. So it makes sense that one when the bass line is doing its A flat thing, the melody goes da 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 da, da and then when it goes up to D flat, the melody changes with it and goes da 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 da. da. But that's not what happens. What happens is that Selena Gomez sings the A flat melody da 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 da. Da, 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 da. I was walking down the street the other day trying to distract myself and then on the line uh, await that's someone else so this is before the harmony has moved to D flat she moves to the D flat melody Ooh, so she's kind of anticipating where the chords are going to go she sings it before the chords get there but then I see your face await oh, that someone else trying to play a chord she sings it before the chords get there. So she's like almost in a rush Ooh. or she's moving faster than the the harmony can allow. It's like almost giving us a subtle signal that her brain is whirring so fast that it's going faster than even the, the harmony can keep up with. That's brilliant because the chorus is, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying not to think about you. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. And yet every time that she's trying not right. to think about the other person, she's like anticipating and, and rushing and getting and landing on that person, whether or not uh, she wants to. She can't distract herself. Yes. Yes. It's like a literal, a literal depiction of a mind racing. And then you can hear the harmonies like, oh, wait, we know where we're coming. It's getting to D flat. <laughs> Chill out. But she's already there. Oh, cool. I love that. I was walking down the street the other day. Trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh, wait, that's someone else. And then I think there's one other uh, sort of more macro element that makes us feel this sense of a, of a sort of building crush, despite her efforts, as you point out, that she's trying and trying to trying to, to keep it <laughs> yeah. together. She, she can't help it. That's done in a subtle way that the, the, the song continually adds elements. So we don't hear the same exact thing as the song progresses. We hear these different musical elements being added in, new drum patterns, new percussion sounds, new sound effects. Yeah. And in the second verse, we have Selena Gomez singing in all these kind of different voices. Yeah. What could possibly happen next? I don't know exactly how to interpret this, but part of me is like we're going inside her unconsciousness <laughs> or something yeah. and we're we're exploring all these emotions she's feeling, which again, like cannot be contained and are sort of awkward. Mm. And and in, and we hear her voice start as her normal voice. And then on the line, what could possibly happen next? She's her voice is doubled by this really low voice. I don't know how to what what I make of it, but it's it's definitely awkward <laughs> again to come back to that <laughs> word. And then immediately yeah. after that, she goes, "Can we focus on the love?" And then her voice is is this distorted kind of distant sound. Can we focus on the love? It's out of focus. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Charles. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to recover from that brilliant insight. 
Yes. <laughs> and and now in this verse, so what's happened is that we've built up from the first verse. We've added more things. This crush is growing despite yeah. her best efforts to contain it. And we're gaining access to more of her stream of consciousness, almost her mo- multiple personalities. All of this, which is capped off by one of my favorite moments in the song, the little yeah. drum fill at the end of this second verse that takes us into the pre-chorus. To refresh your memory, here's what that sounds like. What could possibly happen next? Can we focus on the love? Paint my kiss across your chest. If you're the art, I'll be the brush. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> yes, just a little less than half a measure drum fill. But you didn't hear it the first time, mm. and all of a sudden, there it is, sort of supporting the idea that no matter how hard she tries, she cannot tamp down these emotions. I like how you get into these weird vocal transformations because you pointed out at the very beginning that this song stands out on the charts partially for uh, it being quiet, more reserved. You know, her vocal sounds almost hushed, right? Mm. And then I think to make it just a little bit poppy, it uses some of those sort of more electronic music production techniques to just grab your ear and say, hey, I'm still in that realm of pop music. But she's using it not just to sound alike, but rather to emphasize the quality that she's feeling within her song. It's really creative. Yes, and this is a nice segue to my final thought here, which is we've talked about the sort of uniqueness of this song, and yet it might also bear a strong similarity to another track that we've covered recently. What's that? Which would be Issues by Julia Michaels, which similarly begins with a very sparse texture and slowly builds and offers a very vulnerable uh, kind of narrator. And at this point, would it surprise you at all to hear that the song was co-written uh, by none other than Julia Michaels and her stalwart uh, writing partner, Justin Tranter? Get out of here. That's amazing. I, I cannot. She is be- she's become the, the zealot of the show recently. Yeah. She is everywhere, everywhere you look. Extraordinary. Interesting. And she's making uh, a, a unique sound for herself because this doesn't sound like anything else on the charts other than maybe her other songs. Guess I'm a bad liar. Charles, I've just laid out my thoughts on this. What's the what's an anti-banger? Uh, I don't know what, what this. <laughs> we'll we'll come up with that. Hush pop. This hush this hush pop summer hit. Uh, I'm I'm desperately curious to to hear your take on it. Well, I like how you frame this as unlike much of what we're hearing in popular music, and its brilliance is the way that it does everything slightly differently or even extremely differently. However, the song is based on, well. Almost a cover. Right. It's sampling the talking heads, Psycho Killer, like their most famous song. And yet it stands completely apart from the cover, which is its source material. This is the brilliance of the song, and we're going to figure this out how it does it in the second half. Whoa. Okay. See you there. 
Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside to get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Nate, you know I love pop songs, which are their own totally whole, unique, creative output. And I think that Bad Liar, as we discussed in the first half, really does uh, frame itself uh, as its own kind of song. And yet it's based off of a sample. The The first thing that we hear in the song is the uh, Talking Heads psycho killer bass line that drives the entire song. And yet when I first heard Bad Liar, I had no idea that it was based on this sample. And I think what makes this track that much more brilliant is that not only does it stand apart from the charts, but it is kind of a cover cover maybe is a stretch definitely a sample um and yet it completely distinguishes itself from the original material in every single way so what i want to do is show that psycho killer and bad liar despite having the same core baseline and rhythm throughout are entirely different songs Cool. All right. I'm ready. 40 years later, we're getting to the Talking Heads. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, Psycho Killer, Talking Heads, one of their biggest tunes. It is in the key of a minor, and um, it is a uh, weird and tragic sort of song. I don't quite know how to uh, describe what it's about. Uh, By your silence, I hope you're not suggesting that I have any 
better interpretation because I'm I'm similarly mystified, similarly in love with it, but completely bewildered by its meaning. Perhaps that's part of its brilliance. It's got uh, French phrases. Psycho killer. Strange uh, vocal rhythms, fa fa fa's. What do you call those? <laughs> um, deck the halls. Yeah, exactly. Deck the halls. <laughs> deck the halls meets Son of Sam. <laughs> oh sure. boy. Yes, it is a strange song, and um, it is basically the inverse of Julia Michaels. Justin Tranter and uh, Selena Gomez's Bad Liar. So let's let's break down how it stands out. Um, most obviously, from the start, Psycho Killer is in A minor. Mm-hmm. Bad Liar takes the same thing, tunes it down one step into yes. A flat. Yes, it does. plays the whole thing in a major tonality. So we have completely flipped this thing on its head from this sort of dark psycho killer to a more introspective love song. Um, Brilliant choice. Um, They've also slowed down the track a little bit. It's a few BPM slower. But I think the thing that stands out most is... The difference in harmony. Right. The thing that really distinguishes Psycho Killer is its chorus. When it actually moves away from that main riff, it moves through a different harmonic progression. It goes from an F to a G, back to that A minor. And um, during that section, the, the bass actually picks up a different rhythm. It has a very different feel. And I think that if you were to be at a party and a remix of Psycho Killer were to, to go on, everybody would start singing, not at the verse when they have that, uh, just the bass, but later on in the chorus. Selena Gomez's track, Bad Liar, completely gets rid of that harmonic progression of the F to the G to the A minor, right. that psycho killer casse part. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Instead, she turns this song into a blues. In fact, totally appropriate, we were talking earlier about how the song opens up with I was walking down the street the other day, which is a sort of typical blues line. I was walking down the street the other day. Starting on the home key, the one chord. And then moves up to the four chord. And it kind of just goes back and forth. So it's a, a shortened blues, but that is a very standard blues progression. And uh, she's done the exact same thing, actually, in, in her song Same Old Love, which we discussed in episode 25. You can hear the, the similarity of moving uh, from the home key up to the four chord. And back down. And I think uh, even though it doesn't go through the whole 12-bar blues progression, we can say that it has a blues feel, I think, by the, the tonality of the bass and, um, and the, the sort of uh, the, just the overall structure. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. So we've moved from what is a sort of um, a rock song with a uh, really tonally unique chorus to actually a much more simplified and older uh, progression, just a very simple blues. That's how it stands out in the harmony but I want to move and talk about the melody because it does everything that Psycho Killer does, but yet again, 
basically in the inverse. Hmm. It stands out by doing everything opposite. Right. Talking Heads song starts out with, I can't seem to face up to the facts. That's what uh, David Byrne is singing. And he is singing one note over and over and over. That note is the home note. It's an A. Indeed. Selena Gomez starts out somewhat similarly. She is uh, more or less uh, focusing her entire melody on one note. Um, she says, I was walking down the street the other day. And she she plays some other notes around it. But primarily, it's kind of hitting this one note over and over and over again. I was walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself. But then I see your It's not the home note. It's the third of the chord. It's uh, a few notes higher than uh, what David Byrne sings. You might say, well, this is uh, completely, this doesn't matter. This is just, um, this is just random chance. Mm. I don't think it is. Because in the chorus, what happens? Uh, David Byrne walks up to that third note and focuses his melody around the third. And what does Selena Gomez do? She actually also uh, goes up, but she goes all the way up to the root chord, focusing on that A. And so she basically, where he has started on the home home note in the verse, she uses the home note in the chorus. The core of these melodies is very simple. It's really kind of one note over and over and over again, but they flip which note they're using in the different structures of the song. That's pretty deep. So they're really kind of ter- melodically turning the song sort of inside out. Yeah, exactly. Harmonically moving it from minor to major. Yep. I mean, I, I this would I'm I'm find this to be a very compelling analysis so far. I think the the key t- for me would be like whether we knew how well Gomez, Michaels, Tranter, and company knew this Talking Heads song, like like if they're fans of the Talking Heads, if we can trust that they would know this song back and backwards and forwards. Uh, well, I don't have any sort of special insider knowledge, but I think by the way that they are uh, composing this piece, we'll see with uh, further references that they, these are actually, I I believe. Um, either intentional or like deep subconscious choices. Do, do you have any insider knowledge? Uh, I feel, I think I read somewhere in researching this, that they, they, they were big talking heads buffs. And that was part of the reason they came up with this idea of using the psycho killer baseline. Oh, okay, great. Um, uh, you read somewhere. That's uh, really well fact-checked, Nate. Here we go. I can quote. Oh, I can have a quote here. Okay, ready? <laughs> okay. Quote, Selena and Julia are talking heads obsessed. End quote. What's your source? That's Justin Tranter in the pages of 
variety. Okay, great. Okay, they're great. They're fans. Well, that makes a ton of sense because on top of doing things in the inverse, they even um, they make intentional references, I think, to each other. And we can hear this in uh, the way in which their vocals soar up. They make it a sort of a, an interesting, a similar choice. Um, However, they do it again in different places. In Psycho Killer, at the end of his chorus, he does this, right? Yeah. Wow, way to commit. <laughs> I, absolutely. Maybe slightly more beautifully and in a higher key. <laughs> Uh, Selena in her song actually does something similar. Um, She, however, does it in her pre-chorus. She doesn't do it at the end of the chorus. She does it earlier. And she does this rising motion when she sings, Oh, you're taking up a fraction of my mind. I'm not going to try to sing that one because I'm going to really butcher it. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so you're saying that's kind of the melodic peak of the Gomez song is in the pre-chorus, whereas in the talking head song, it's in the chorus. Right. And, and again, bo- these songs are both building off of what is basically fundamentally a one note melody in the verse. And so there has to be at some moment some rising tension, and they both use this uh, sort of shooting up the scale. They just do it in different places. And so for me, I feel as though if I were a deep Talking Heads fan, I listened to this song a lot, and I was thinking, how could I both reference it and adapt it? I would want to have that ooh, I, 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 I kind of feel, but I wouldn't want to put it in the same place because it would be too on the nose. So I think that's why they probably did something like this in building the melody up into the pre-chorus. Huh. So we've established that they differentiate themselves Mm -hmm. by putting the song in a different key, different BPM, different harmonies, different melodies. I think the most important way that that Bad Liar is entirely its own track is in its rhythmic variation. Okay, take me. I won't. I want to hear what you have to say, please. Okay, so the Talking Heads version is a downbeat rock song. The bass establishes it. Oh, yeah. Later on, the kick drum comes in, and it's all just downbeat. Then the guitar follows, just chunking on, uh, right on those downbeats, right? Right, this makes sense. Like, Talking Heads has its roots in punk music, in in its early early incarnations, right? And so they are just playing a a chugging along downbeat track. Totally. Boom, 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 boom. Yep, I hear that. It's a headbanger. Totally, yeah. Bad Liar is a hip swear because <laughs> it is all about syncopation. Though the song uses that bass to establish um, a da-da-da downbeat, immediately the song opens up with syncopation, notes that are not on the downbeats, and we can hear this in the clap. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which comes in at the very first line. We have that totally offbeat clap. Interesting. We also hear it at the very beginning in her vocals. When she says, I was walking down the street the other day, the words down, street, and other, which are emphasized, are all on offbeats. I 
was walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Yes, I'm sorry, I had to just do that mentally in my head and <laughs> confirm that what you say is true, and that's absolutely right. If the pulse is here, bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Walking down the street the other day. Yeah, none of those line up. That's really interesting. A simpler way of writing it could have been, I was walking down the street the other day. But right. instead, I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> right. right. It's a yeah, very yeah. cool way of, of, of singing. And what this is effectively doing is every rhythmic element in the song is basically filling a different uh, placement in uh, in the meter, right? So if you look at if you were to look at where every hit is landing, they are they are filling different spaces, and it just makes you want to move. Yeah, you know what it makes me want to do, honestly. What's that? Is walk down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sway on your hips. This is like this is on Dante, man. This is walking music. This is like oh, uh. dumb, dumb, dumb. It's not. I wouldn't say Psycho Killer is, but um, <laughs> no, Psycho Killer makes you want to like stomp down the street. This makes you want to sway down the yeah, street. Yeah, it's like you. Yeah, you kind of or I, I, I sway or or I would maybe do a little kind of like bounce move or, or something. But yeah, totally a saunter, if you will. Yeah. Well, and in the first half, you were talking about how this song just builds by adding new elements. As those new elements come in, they enter with increasing syncopation. Uh, so about a minute into the song, when we get to the chorus, we get a uh, kick drum. And that kick drum, again, is filling a bunch of different spaces uh, that nothing else is really filling, um, emphasizing a new rhythm, uh, which is not that downbeat held by the bass. So basically, all of our expectations that were set up by the Talking Heads sample, which is a four on the floor, rock your head, all in the downbeat. Mm. All of those expectations set up from the very start are thrown out the window as the song progresses and we get more rhythmic variation and all of these strange elements that want us to saunter, not to headbang. Uh, I think it's just really brilliant variation on a song and, and makes Bad Liar its own thing, very separate from the original material. Right. Yeah. I, I, I love that. It's it's sort of grown from the same seed as Psycho Killer in the sense that they both emerge from this bass line. But from there, from that seed, they go in such different directions while Bad Liar continues to make these elaborate references to its original source material. That's really cool. And I think we can actually identify identify the seed of an idea of bringing more syncopation into the song by looking back at Talking Heads in Psycho Killer, the famous moment in which David Byrne sings fa 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 What musical idea is happening there? We have vocalese, as in not singing actual lyrics, but just... yes you know, sounds. It's kind of a bluesy line in itself. And yet I sense you're looking for something else. Tell me, tell me what you, what you, what you isolate there. Do you hear rhythmic displacement? Yes, I do. Because it goes 
fa 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 wait the emphasis of the fa's changes oh right so yes so it starts on the first one is on the second beat of the measure and then and then it's on the 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 first beat of the second measure exactly so he emphasizes fa 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 and the first time it lands on the second beat the second time it lands on the first beat you call that rhythmic displacement right mhm well let's go to the chorus of bad liar what do you hear here oh i'm trying 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 i hear rhythmic displacement oh look at that yes look at that trying so i'm trying is how many syllables uh that'd be three syllables that's three syllables but she's singing in groups of four right right yes oh interesting and so what ends up happening is where she emphasizes try changes every time she sings it because she's singing basically eighth notes here but she's singing groups of three over eight and so what ends up happening mathematically is that the when she sings try it changes where it lands on each beat the first time it's on the downbeat the second time it's on the offbeat of two and on the third time it's on the four um so try keeps moving oh i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying That's super cool. Wow. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in in the first half of a sort of uh, like a certain disorder or something in the music or like things not lining up correctly. Totally. And that mirroring her sort of mental state of of like nervous excitement exactly if she's really trying to not pay attention to this crush uh, she's not doing a very good job of it (laughs) because every time that she tries her trying falls on these different beats and it feels like she's fumbling dig it i dig it deeply man that's good stuff isn't that really cool songwriting to both borrow the idea of rhythmic displacement from the chorus, the fa-fa-fas of Psycho Killer, to bring it into the chorus of Bad Liar, and yet the reference perfectly matches the mental state, the whole idea of the song of Bad Liar? You know, at this point, I, I want to offer another little bit of my, my research for the song because I wonder if you're curious what David Byrne himself thought of Bad Liar. Oh, I so badly want to know. Well, I have the tweet (laughs) right in front of me. Get ready for this incredible comment from David Byrne. Quote, I really like the song. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And her performance, too. End quote. (laughs) Well, he's not ever known to be a very enthusiastic person. (laughs) I mean, I think that's about all you can ask for. If you that's the I think yeah, it's all you that's can the equivalent of getting like an Oscar. That's like what? Yeah, I David Byrne is uh, much admired by I think I believe the two of us. I think his 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 book How Music Works is like uh, switched on pop uh, times a thousand. Uh, really brilliant sort of philosopher about music. So I think that's a definitely really kind review. Indeed. So wow, Charlie. There's probably more to say about Bad Liar, but we've already 
extracted a staggering amount out of this <laughs> little Bob song. Still, if there's more you hear in Selena Gomez's later, please tweet us, uh, write us, uh, let us know what you think about her latest. And I think she has new music coming soon, so I'll have to be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, just what a cool tune. I, am too, am curious about all the way our listeners hear it being both its own thing and a really creative interpretation of the reference. Uh, I'd love to hear what people ha- have to think. So what? Where, where can they find us again? That would be at Switched On Pop for the Twitter. Switched On Pop for the Facebook. You can email us at contact at switchedonpop.com. And that's about it. Cool. You know, I, I also wonder now, like, I want to write a song using this bass line too and do something completely different with it <laughs> Ooh, okay i'll challenge you to that i want to hear it all right all right we'll see see if i can squeeze that in in the next couple of weeks maybe after a little vacation as we were uh i guess we jumped the gun last time around we thought we were taking this week off we were wrong here we are we made a show and uh we are going to take a, a little bit of a break and we're going to be back in uh in about a month. That's right. Until then, uh, hit us up at all of the above. Uh, and before we go, many thanks to our stalwart editor, Bill Lance, our killer designer, Luke Harris. All of our podcast friends at the Panoply Network, of which we are a part. And thanks, thanks for listening. for listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.